Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are all set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to episode number 558 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. we got a fun show for you guys tonight, from the Phils to the Eagles to, of course, the now moving on once again, Philadelphia Union. We're going to get into all of that, but before we get into all the good stuff. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI. That's on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It goes a long way for helping this show continue to grow. You get two episodes a week on that podcast feed. Plus, during football season, you also get Eagles Enemies, which is coming back this week, and the Vineland High School Football Coaches Show, also on our podcast feed during football season. So you don't want to miss out on that. So go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network, live streams, original video content. It's all there. YouTube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. And be sure to get your merch at phiapparel.co. They're the best in the game. You're going to stand out in the crowd, whether you're going to citizens bank park, going down to training camp, uh, getting ready for Eagle season, you're going to stand out with your merch from PHI Apparel Company. Go to phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. And, of course, this show presented by the City of Vineland. The City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city, Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Matt, what's going on, brother? I'm living the dream. The Phillies are underway right now and have a 4 nothing lead over the Nationals, courtesy of our guy, Nikki C., and uh, the latest call-up for the Phillies, Weston Wilson, has just hit a solo shot to give the Phillies a 4 nothing lead. Um, Phil's rough uh, start in Game 1 against the Royals to this homestand. Lose Game 2 of the doubleheader last night. But we said last week, Matt, if they go 7-3 and on this homestand, that's a great homestand against teams that are very beatable. 
yeah, I think that was our, our kind of a minimum target, and they're uh, they're on that target. Um, I think the nice thing, too, is, you know, this time of year and all through September, you're going to be keeping an eye on the other teams uh, that are fighting for the wild card, and the teams have hit a, a little bit of turbulence over the last, like, week, week and a half, and so the Phillies, you know, if they're able to uh, kind of win out this series and, you know, have, have put themselves in a, a pretty good position as we get into the middle of August, you know, they can go again, uh, uh, gain some ground tonight with a win, which hopefully they do do. Um, but yeah, they, they put themselves in a good spot. Um, obviously the Brandon Marsh injury is tough. You know, we're going to miss him for two, three weeks. Um, but the Phillies have, I, I think outfield is one of their deepest, but not in terms of like quality <laughs> um, within the team, they have lots of outfielders. None of them are particularly great. Everyone is sort of has like one thing that they're good at, um, but it's not a great all around type of player or um, someone that, that fills a hole exceptionally well. Um, but it is one that they at least have bodies to throw at, uh, at this issue. And it seems like it's not a serious injury for, for Brandon Marsh either, which is good. It seems like something he's going to be able to come right back um, after that, that two- or three-week layoff. And so that's a good sign. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see some more Winstons over the next few weeks. And um, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, I think Johan Rojas has really taken off, especially in the outfield defensively, to, to help this team out a lot. Um and I mean the the big thing, like you said, with Brandon Marsh, like it's no structural damage, which I think everybody was worried about. Um, so that two three week layoff, let him get healthy, and um, Christian Pache is uh, on a rehab assignment right now, so that's good news with him coming back soon. Because right before he got injured, he was on a, a tear of his own, kind of finding his stride. Um, but this is that stretch right now for the Phillies, where these are beatable teams, these are winnable games. Take advantage of those moments. Go out, you know, separate yourselves from the pack, make more room, you know, make it uncomfortable for the Giants, make it uncomfortable for the Cubs to make it so that they can't catch you for that first wild card. Right now you're tied with the Giants for the number one wild card. Um, but for whatever reason, tiebreaker wise, the Phillies are the number one wild card right now. So they would host the San Francisco Giants uh, in a potential wild card series, which I think if we have to play the Giants, I'd much rather it be at Citizens Bank Park than out in, in San Francisco um, because uh, Rob Thompson said it himself. You know, we've seen what Citizens Bank turns into when the playoffs roll around. I was actually looking at, um, like, just, like, the standings today, um, and I, I want to pull it up because the Phillies are, like, one of the best teams at day games. Um, which is just like a bizarre thing. Uh, they have, I think, one of the best records in baseball when they play during the daytime. Uh, so, yeah, if we could get at home during the day <laughs> at San Francisco. Day uh, which game I, World Series? Which I think would also compound <laughs> the uh, the effects, too, of like going three hours in advance. You know, yes. like that might uh, might be even even more of a challenge. But, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about the Phillies and, and day games, um, but for whatever reason – it's like just their bread and butter. Um, the Phillies are 30 and 19 on day Damn. games. For reference, the Braves are 27 and 12, you know, so, you know, but that's one of the best teams of baseball, you know, so it's still like, pretty damn close. Yeah. Um, you like the Orioles are 28 and 18. Uh, <laughs> the Twins are 27 and 25. Uh, Rangers are 31 and 17, you know, so. The Phillies are, uh, are one of the better teams at baseball. Would you you get them during the daytime, which is, uh, I don't know. That just seemed very bizarre to me uh, that they were it is very noticeably that good. Uh, 32 and 33 during night games. Interesting. Hopefully 
get to 500 in night games tonight. Yeah. Uh, Orioles are, by the way, 42 and 25 at night games. So, <laughs> which is a, a, a special, special number. But yeah, Trey Turner bouncing back as well. Um, I think the the weird astroturfing campaign to get him a standing ovation maybe actually worked. I, who knows? Or maybe it's just playing the Royals and Nationals is the best medicine that a, a hitter needs. Um, either way, if that just builds him some confidence, that's a good thing. You know, as we're getting into the the really tough part of the the season and where you know you sign a guy like Trey Turner uh, to make impacts in the playoffs, especially mm-hmm. obviously for the regular season too. But um, you know, you hope that he can shine on that big stage. Let's hope that that this is maybe the start of the turnaround for him. Who knows? Um, again, though, you know, we kind of went through the same thing last year with Castellanos where, you know, he had a, a non-inspiring regular season, but then came up with some big moments in the playoffs too. And um, he was a, a big part of the Phillies making it to the World Series. So maybe maybe Trey does that this year as well. And, you know, maybe he'll be uh, an all-star player next year again. <laughs> maybe we'll just uh, maybe we'll just do this every year. Uh, we'll, we'll sign a guy. He'll have a terrible first season and then, uh, you know, find his way back in the second. Like we said, we got to sign guys the year before they're a free agent. Uh, that way, when they do come here, they're ready to rock and roll. Um, yeah, I mean, we we haven't been on the pod together since the Trey thing happened with the standing out. What was your, your takeaways from that? And, I mean, I, th- I think it's full scent to say it worked. I think it shows the true duality of Philadelphia sports and um, that we will boo – mercilessly <laughs> if you're not performing well but I think also you know it um I think like Philadelphia is like a very large sports market I think does have a very passionate fan base it's not the only fan base that's like this though mm-hmm. but I do think it shows like kind of the value in having a passionate fan base is that um you know I don't know that there are many other like markets where someone would get booed but also encouraged in the same way you know like in that um, it just shows, I think, the the care that people have about the team and about the player too. Because ultimately, I think there was a a recognition that okay, maybe maybe booing isn't working. It's not like this guy's like a bad person, you know. Where it's right. like you know, it's just he's just not playing as well as we want him to. And um, I think there's a recognition that maybe <laughs> a softer touch might help, and uh, maybe it has uh, again. But maybe it was also playing, <laughs> you know, two of the the worst teams in baseball. That that also definitely helps. But um, yeah, you know, I was uh, I was listening to an NFL podcast today, and they were talking about the Chargers, and that you know Brandon Staley had a disastrous last two weeks, you know, where he plays the starters way too late into the the final regular season game, meaningless game. Mike Williams gets hurt, and then he's uh, unavailable for their playoff game, and then they blow a twenty seven uh, point lead in that game, and that if they were in any other market. He would have already been fired, mm-hmm. you know. Like it just the pressure would have been too big. And I thought about that a lot with Philly. You know, if something like that happened in Philly, how different that would be. And I think, you know, moments like this too feel the same way. Where it's like, you know, it it is it just is a little different when you have so many people that care about the team, especially for the Phillies. You know, and the season they gave us last year. So, I I hope that it's it's a turnaround moment for him, and I hope it's uh you know it's just kind of part of the story. I hope it's his boom. I hate this fucking place uh, moment. You know, like maybe not as negative, but. Yeah, I mean, you you see already, like, the great job by the Phillies cut a promo commercial with everything with Trey already, you know, talking about the home field advantage. And, um, you know, they're going to need Trey Turner to be 
closer to what he's been since Friday, you know, down this stretch and, and being as productive as he's been since Friday, um, which has continued, you know, great base running uh, last night to, to come in and score a run in uh, a game they ultimately lose. But, you know, those are the types of moments where you need Trey and his speed and his versatility to go for, have the inclination to go from second to home uh, to, to score runs, to be able to be confident at the plate and, you know, when you see his, the teammates of Trey rallying around him the first night, Nick Castellanos out waving a, a Gatorade towel uh, for him and, you know, just seeing the support that he has, you know, he posted on Instagram, like heard it, heard you guys and posting everything. And, you know, I think that matters too for a city like Philly in terms of, you know, sports fandom is like just that connection from player to fan and fan to player. I think that ends up being like a, a differentiator of getting behind somebody. You know, we, everybody was like, Oh, you know, why are we treating him like a make a wish kid? And it's like, we did the same fucking thing for Ben Simmons and he just <laughs> didn't do it. Right. And that wasn't even that, like he was slumping. He was just doing something that was being asked of him and would make him a better player. And he was just choosing not to do it. Like the, the infamous now, because he never did it fan in the stands during the playoffs showing Ben how to shoot a three like we've done this time and time again we we rooted for Markel Fultz like he was uh you know the the manager of a high school basketball team when he got a triple double in a meaningless regular season game and now you look at whenever Markel Fultz does an interview on a podcast or, or media like he talks about how the fans in Philly had his back Ben Simmons complete polar opposite it's been done time and time again um so it, it was kind of funny to me that people were like, oh, why are we treating a guy who makes $300 million like this? Like, we just did this like three years ago with a guy who's like barely playing the sport that he's in. Yeah, I I mean, I, in some ways I understand the sentiment. Like, yeah, they're paid a lot of money to do this, but also there's a ton of pressure from the fans that comes with it and expectation. And so I think, um, I think there's nothing wrong with understanding that and deciding maybe a little positivity would help more than negativity. We are the city of brotherly love, after all. You know, it's in the name. Um, and I mean, it, and very similar thing too. Like he's just slumping, and at the end of the day, athletes are humans too. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Because, These guys know when they're doing bad. Yeah. And Castellanos was actually talking about it. You know, he's talking about like, and the best thing you can do is just treat them like they're normal. You know, not like hang your arm around and be like, "What can I do for you, mate? Like, how can I help you out?" It's like I just treat them normal and and hope that they they find their way again. And so. I think there's there's nothing wrong with a little bit of fan uplift. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, they're human beings and like you don't know what they're dealing with going through a slump like that. Like this is this is so clearly the worst Trey Turner's ever played in his career. You don't know how he's handling that and you know, new city type of adjustment. We said the same thing about Nick Cassianos last year, like you said. Like New City and Nick had so much off the field going on and now you look at Nick Cassianos this year completely different player he's become one of the leaders in the clubhouse and you know who's to say that won't happen with Trey Turner over the next 10 years and I think that is another part of it too it's like you don't want to sour the relationship with Trey Turner just because he's slumping he's gonna be here for the next decade let it be known that like you have his back I, I saw nothing wrong with it um the other positive takeaway I think from this weekend too um Reese Hoskins doing running drills in left field before games five months after tearing his ACL on a non-contact injury. That's exciting. 
not saying he's going to be back anytime soon, but just for Reese Hoskins, the human and the potential of when he could maybe return for the Phillies. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, the, the straight line stuff is always the first thing to come back. It's going to be like the cutting and you know, directional change. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting for him too, because obviously this off season, there's a lot of decisions to be made uh, within the Phillies and guys that are retaining or not. And, and Reese could be one of those names. So um, going to be a, a really interesting uh, off season. And yeah, it's on, it doesn't feel likely that we'll see him uh, this year. Just it feels like probably cutting it too close, but um, it is a good sign that he's, his recovery is at least going well. He's not facing any setbacks. So um, it's also going to be really exciting down the stretch. If Bryce Harper's power is coming back the way that it is. Yeah. He's definitely looked like he's uh He's lit up the last few weeks, and um, yeah, you know it's it's strange because again, that, the negative, pessimistic side of me was expecting to see him around this time, like you know, right after trade deadline or uh, you know, uh, post All Star break, um, and so this feels like maybe we're starting to see him where he's actually healthy, healthy. You know, mm-hmm. it it really did feel, even though he came back so early, it still felt like we're seeing him at like eighty, eighty five percent. So if we can get him back to as close to he's not going to be 100 percent. i don't think into, I, i've been thinking about his injury a lot and um just how bizarre it is that he was back so early and that you know we just kind of accepted that and like there's just no way in my mind that he's been even a 90 percent healthy at any point this season uh with that you know he has to wear this brace so his arm doesn't extend more than it should so and he's still playing like unbelievable <laughs> like hitting for average getting on base and <clears throat> if the power is going to start coming back now like look out sorry i'm like i got the man flu so uh <laughs> just uh just a long weekend in myrtle beach with the boys and i'm just absolutely torched um you turn 29 and your body just doesn't recover man <clears throat> i can't even express how nervous i am for two months from now <laughs> i do have to ask because you know you had your italy trip a couple years ago we had we had dr matt uh-huh are there any similarities or differences between DR Matt, Italian Matt, and Carolina Matt? Well, I will tell you, Italian Matt was a lot more sober than both <laughs> of those Matts. Um, Myrtle Beach was uh, a, a much more drunk Matt, I will say. Definitely indulged a little too much, and I just I learned a lot of things about myself again that I just... 2 a.m. is not the time for me anymore. I just We did watch the Nate Diaz, um, Jake Paul fight, and I realized that I just... Do not care about boxing. I just like, <laughs> cannot get into it. So, I uh, I couldn't even. I was in Baltimore uh, when that fight was happening, and fights kept rolling around. I was at Jimmy Seafood. Shout out to them, best best in the in the game, um, across the board from service to food to just experience. Fights kept going around. I was like, I I can't hang. It wasn't even midnight yet, and I was like, I don't have any interest in watching Jake Paul fight. I, I'm i going to leave. Yeah, I was I was watching it mostly with the hope that Jake Paul was going to uh, get the beat down late on him, but uh, it did not happen, um, which was a bummer. I think everyone was – everyone in the bar, I think, was mostly rooting for Nate Diaz and uh, wanted to see Jake Paul get, uh, get laid out on. So that was a bummer, but it was all around a great time. I will say this one thing I, I did not know. And actually didn't look it up, so I hope I'm not uh, getting anyone in trouble. But apparently, you can smoke cigarettes inside of uh, bars in, uh, in in South Carolina. Interesting. Um, we went to our first bar and were hit immediately <laughs> with uh, 
an absolute tidal wave of cigarette smoke. Um, great bar though. I shout out to Danny Lee's. I, <laughs> I will live and die by that place. Um, great drinks, but truly yeah. might die. <laughs> I mean, we were, if you spend more than two hours in there, you might, you might honestly, between the cigarette smoke and the like $2 cranberry vodka, you might, uh, you might really find yourself in a, a black hole. So, but yeah, Myrtle beach was a blast. Uh, me and Dom, I'm sure, will rehash just a little bit of it on top bins because um, he said he had to do two consecutive sauna days uh, <laughs> to recover. So, and then he might go tomorrow, today, uh, tomorrow to do sauna again. So, just a little picture. Just gotta sweat that shit out, man. Shout out Mike Scott. Well, he did. He did Rumplemans and Jameson back to back. So that was Dom this weekend. Oh, what a mess! I can't wait for top bins. Um. But, yeah, I mean, Phillies right now, vibes are at an all-time high. Michael Lorenzen on the mound, uh, as I believe Nick Cassianos has just homered once again. Uh, Uh-oh. Hide your kids. Two in one game is your wife. not, uh, <laughs> not ideal. That is, uh, that is great for for the just the memes. But uh, since we last podcasted as well, Michael Lorenzen made his debut. Was fantastic. He's pitching tonight as well on his way to a, another smooth sailing start, but I, I, it in terms of Philly's pitching debut, like that's up there with like Cliff Lee going out there and throwing eight unbelievable innings against a team that has been a, a thorn in the Philly side for years in their house, which has been a house of horrors for the Phillies. Couldn't be more pleased. I think if you're a Phillies fan or the Phillies front office with Michael Lorenzen's debut. Yeah, great debut, and uh, and like you said too, in a place where the Phillies have not had tons and tons of success over the last few years, um, and I, I think again, you know, like we're talking about when we're talking about the trade deadline and and kind of talk about the postmortem. It's it's a great move because it gives you a solid fifth starter that I think, um, you know, again could pitch in the playoffs and now kind of solidifies this lineup and you know you look at the the top pitching teams in in the national league and the phillies are all around in in the three or four you know in in those those top five any of those categories and so um it really solidifies what is a a very good uh rotational uh lineup and i think again you know you look at the competition for the wild card because that's really where the phillies are Mm -hmm. i think the phillies have the the best uh starting lineup out of out of anyone the in the wild card hunt, I think the only team that comes close is is the Padres, um, but they have distance on the Padres, you know. So, yeah. um, Giants are, are a pretty good pitching group as well. But I just I think the Phillies have, have a lot of good stuff there, and so um, that also you know when you start talking about playoff matchups, you know that that could definitely come into play. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a good sign, and I, and I think again you've seen Taiwan Walker, like we talked about, uh, really turn a corner. Um, you're still getting tons of quality starts out of Zach Wheeler and Nola. Um, he has had dominant performances this season again too. So everywhere you look, I, I think in you know, Ranger Suarez, I think has quietly had a good season. Uh, he's not been. I don't know that we'll ever get that uh, that August September Ranger Suarez uh, again. Although maybe maybe we will. Maybe we will in this August and September. But um, you know he's been a, a good starter this mm-hmm. year, which is what we wanted out of him ultimately. And he still has, I think, room to grow. And maybe um, looking very far ahead, he has a, a full healthy regular season uh, with no. Uh, no interruptions, no no international play, no injury, and uh, maybe he has a, even more, a better season next year. And let's not forget that statistically and categorically, when you're voting for the Cy Young Award this year, voters, um, until further notice, wins are the most important stat 
wins are indeed the most important stat because Taiwan Walker leads Major League Baseball in wins. Uh, those are just the facts. New I'm career sorry. high, 13 wins for Taiwan Walker, um, <laughs> who also has, uh, I believe it's his fourth annual charity event, Ties Tacos, going on uh, Friday before the game at Citizens Bank Park from 4.30 to 6.30. This is not an ad. I think it's just a great cause. Um, outside the third base gate at Citizens Bank Park, um, Ties Tacos benefiting uh, I want to pull up the actual charity that it is, but great cause. And it just shows you, like, Tywin Walker, again, like, even though he had his struggles um, early in the season, like, he's just a perfect fit for this Phillies team in terms of, oh, also, Nick Cassianos' second home run is 200th of his career. Uh-oh. We are in for something bad. <laughs> something bad is going to happen to us. Uh Ties Tagos benefits uh, turning points for children. Uh, so from 430 to 6:30 outside Citizen Bank Park third base gate. He's just an all-time vibes guy too. Like he fits yeah. the culture of this Phillies team and very much like Michael Lorenzen too. Like we talked about it when the trade happened. Like he knows so many guys on the team. He fits the energy of this team and feels like it was just like, oh, we got a guy back that, you know, feels like he's been around this team forever. Um, also fun just like Michael Lorenzen vibes. He wears Vans cleats. I did not even know that um, was a thing. I was like scrolling through his Instagram uh, just when we traded for him just to like see his his presence on Instagram. And he did a an interview back in May on Foul Territory, um, talking about how like because he grew up in Anaheim and the original Vans store was three blocks from where he grew up. So he's just been a Vans guy. Like, there's a picture of him in Cincinnati a couple years ago where he's got a leg sleeve. It's a Ruka leg sleeve. That is such Cali shit. Yes. By the way, I had no idea that it was Ruka until really? like a year and a half ago. I was wearing a shirt, and I went to this restaurant, and this guy was like, hey, did you know? He's like, I, I didn't know this either, so like, I'm telling you. Because I always thought it was RVCA. That's why I, my entire life, that's what I thought it was. He's like, that's actually Ruka. I was like. I thought he was, like, fucking with me. He's like, no, nah, man, like, the uh, there's, like, surfers that came through and were, like, talking to me about it, and they are like, actually, that's Ruka. Like, it, I was like, that is unbelievable. I did not know that. I thought it was RVCA for the longest time because, if you don't know me, I used to work at PacSun. <laughs> right. And we sold Ruka there, and when we first started getting it, we all thought it was just RVCA because the A was also just, like, an upside-down V on a lot of the shirts and stuff. And then we got, like information about the company and they showed you like the phonetic pronunciation of yeah. it and we were like oh okay it's it's ruka yeah i um it was not something i had ever uh experienced in my life but yeah so, yeah he's he's the most anaheim california guy ruka leg sleeve vans cleats um thinking like the uh the hocus but hollywood um <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah he he fits in perfectly with this team and i'm loving the way he's been uh just performing overall and um the pitching staff i mean when when you stack it up against any of the teams in the national league would you want another rotation going into the playoffs as a whole like collective whole i think top to bottom it's it's really solid um i think you have two very high level guys and three good level guys you know like i i 
I do think it's it's a very very solid uh, lineup, and largely this season has been consistent too. Um, now Lorenzo, we'll see you know how his consistency is with the Phillies, right? Like you know, uh, one and a half good out- outing so far is not um, not going to guarantee anything, but I, I do think yeah, it's it's a very very well balanced uh, lineup, and I think uh, you know the starting pitching I, I feel pretty good about going into a, a playoff series with this. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it, like, just in terms of depth, too, like like we just said, like, the the other teams in the National League, whether it's the Braves, who I think we talked about last week, like, they've basically been running out a three-man rotation all year long and have been filling in the holes at four and five. The Dodgers have been up and down with injuries, haven't really had consistency in their starting pitching. Now they traded for Lance Lynn, obviously. Um, we'll see how he, you know, continues to develop with the Dodgers and, and fitting in there. Um, I mean, I don't really trust any of the rotations from the National League Central teams, whether it's the Reds, the Brewers, or the Cubs. Um, now, obviously, the Marlins have Sandy Alcantara, but we always somehow find a way to win those games against him. Yep. Um, and they have a, a formidable rotation this year, but you don't know if you're going to actually match up against the Marlins in the playoffs unless it gets to a certain point where that happens in the bracket. Um, and then the Giants, I think the Giants are more of a bullpen, you know, dominant team than starting rotation. Like Alex Cobb has had a phenomenal year for them this year. But outside of of that, in terms of just consistency, it's really been their bullpen that's really helped them pitching-wise. You look at the Phillies, and we didn't even mention how well Christopher Sanchez has pitched, mm-hmm. you know, as kind of being that number five guy until Lorenzen got here. Like, the Phillies have six pitchers that you can go out and on any given day can throw at least five innings at the major league level, get you through, you know, the first at least two go rounds of an opponent's batting lineup. I don't think any other team in the National League can comfortably say that right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, yeah, shout out to, to Nikki C career home run number 200. Um, let's take a look at the NL East and major league baseball run differentials. It's brought to you by our friends at wasted wedge. A new age of golf has arrived. And if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than the lineup of wasted wedge products and merchandise. These Wasted Wedges are a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course, and you guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Wasted Wedge. And through the end of August, because August is National Golf Month, when you go to check out, use code SUMMER23 for free shipping on all of your orders at WastedWedge.com. That's SUMMER23 for free shipping at WastedWedge.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at WastedWedge. Looking at the National League, Matt, the Atlanta Braves, who we were just talking about, at 71-40. and 40. May may not have Ronald Cooney Jr. for a little bit. He got plunked in the arm. This is tough. I think the scan was negative. Um, but, yeah, always a little scary. But, yeah. The, if there's one thing I learned about the Braves is they could lose and Acuna and still win the World Series. Yeah, so. they'll <laughs> they'll find Ronald Acuna the third in single A and call him up and then sign him to a 12 year 90 dollar contract and yeah they'll be ready to go. Um, He's actually playing tonight, so so there you go. Um, Braves with a plus 164 run differential, which is currently the best in the National League. Um, Phillies though, don't look now. Ten and a half games back in the division. I smell, I smell something coming. I smell seven back with 17 to play. 
<laughs> uh, Philly sitting at 62 and 52, which is uh, no longer the best for games over 500. Phillies earlier this week were 11 games over 500, um, but sitting at 10 games over 500. Uh, have scored the second most runs in the division at 523 and now have a plus 21 run differential on the season. Uh, the Miami Marlins at 60 and 56 finally gotten off their losing snide there as they've won two in a row, but they have scored the fewest runs in the division at 470 and have a negative 38 run differential. And their expected win loss is 54 and 62 and they're 60 and 56. Yeah. Which just is about right for the silliest team year. of all time. Um, the New York Mets, who just had their their fire sale, not going to compete next year, which is even more hilarious. Uh, I was talking on Monday's episode with Pat Pitts, Matt, and I think for this holiday season coming up, um, in the in the spirit of the ever popular Twelve Days of Christmas, we're going to do the Twelve Days of Low Mets. <laughs> Love it. We are going to produce that, and uh, it's going to be an absolute riot, and I can't wait. Um, Mets two and eight in their last ten. They've scored four hundred ninety-three runs, which is second fewest in the division, uh, and they have a negative twenty-seven run differential. And don't look now, the Nationals, right on their tails, the stolen franchise themselves, are fifty and sixty-four. Just a game and a half behind the Mets for last place in the division. Hilarious. They've scored, the Nationals being in last place, have scored the third most runs in the division this year at 496. Um, but their pitching just can't get it together. Have given up the most runs in the division by a wide margin at 582 for a negative 86 run differential on the year. Just hilarious, though, that we could potentially have what everyone was regarding as the resurgence, the the rebirth of the Mets, old Uncle Stevie spending all the money for the, the big-time aces, and they could theoretically finish in last place this year. Uh, we, we tried to warn people. Coming off a 101-win season. Tried to warn people. We said it a couple years ago. They are just like the cicadas. Like 13 to 17 years. Every 13 to 17 years, you will, we will have a good Mets season, and they will go to World Series, lose that World Series, but... Then we will hear about that year for the next 13 to 17 years until the other one pops up. As they go on to lose, you know, 90 games. You guys aren't ready for the Generation Y cicada birthing. <laughs> Six billion cicadas will pop out of their head. Rising like, I, from the ground. And that every year they say that, <clears throat> and I hear like two cicadas all summer. Yeah. And it's the same with the Mets. <clears throat> Dumbest team ever. Uh the first place Milwaukee Brewers, who are 62 and 54. Um, even Steven, baby. Zero run differential and in first place in their division. Uh, but the Chicago Cubs, good on them for not selling, I guess, as they have just been one of the hotter teams in baseball, still staying alive in the wild card. Um, they're 59 and 55, just two games back in their division. And they have a plus 67 run differential on the season. Everyone else in the NL Central with a negative run differential. The LA Dodgers with a plus 120 run differential. And the Colorado Rockies have the worst run differential in the National League. And now the second worst run differential in baseball uh, at 45-69. and 69. They have given up, Matt, 659 runs this year. <laughs> Which, 
don't look now, they are dangerously close to Oakland A's territory in terms of runs surrendered uh, for a negative 166 run differential. The Royals, who were just in town, uh, have a negative 160 run differential, have given up 611 runs on the year. But the Oakland A's at 33-82, and 82, uh, still with the worst run differential, have only scored 409 runs this year but are closing in on giving up 700 runs at 685 for a negative 276 run difference. Generational special. Where were you when the Oakland A's surrendered? When they became the Las Vegas whatevers. <laughs> what, what would the Las Vegas baseball team even be named? They're going to do some dumb shit like the Las Vegas A's sis. Well, that's already that's the WNBA Oh, team, yeah, I but they're going to spell it A uh, apostrophe yeah. S. <laughs> The Las Vegas flush. Just flush them down the toilet. <laughs> Their logo is just a toilet. Yeah. Um, everybody in the AL East, though, with a positive run differential. Orioles, when they're not suspending broadcasters uh, in first place in the AL East. What What did you make? Did you see the clip of the Orioles uh, broadcaster? I, I do not understand the suspension here. Um just stating facts, brother. I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> like, if you're going to suspend him, suspend your graphics team. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like you it's got to do the whole the whole He team. actually feels like the person that is least responsible, responsible. for all of that happening. Because your there's, producers. there's a producer that I'm sure sets up that statistic who tells the graphic person to make the graphic. And then that is all made. And, like, the two seconds of him saying that sentence is, like, the most minimal part of that work. And yet he faces the... Uh, the harsh the ju- justice was not done, and I just loved every broadcaster the next couple of days just coming out and going full send supporting him. And I think it was I think it was the Cardinals broadcaster. It's one of the more positive things the Cardinals have done all year. Um, where he said they've given up 270 runs to the Orioles this year. Yeah, um, Michael K from from the Yankees broadcast went absolutely in on uh, the Orioles ownership group. And it's like, the Orioles don't want to be seen as cheap. Spend money. You're a fucking owner of a Major League Baseball team. You have money. If you don't want to be seen as cheap, spend your money. That's the entire Orioles, like, focus, too. It's why, like, it's why they're good now, though, too, because they have this, like, stuck-up mentality where it's like, no, we're going to build it all internally. We're going to do it all on our own. We're not going to do this, like, we're going to do trades. We're not going to do free agency. We're going to show you that we can build a contending team with uh, you know, homegrown stars. And and I then mean, they'll trade them then and they do it will, all again. Then they will trade them and do it all over again, yes. I don't even know what other team to compare the Orioles ownership group to. Um, they're stubborn, they, but they strangely do have like some success. You know, It's not like mm-hmm. they're completely barren. Little pockets of success. Yeah, little pockets of success. I, I, I don't know. It's almost like uh, I'm trying to think of just like they're almost. Uh, they kind of remind me a little bit of the, of the Bulls from like the nineties, yeah. and that like, you know, they obviously never had like a Jordan type player, but like the ownership, like they're winning kind of in spite of the ownership. You know, the ownership is actually like being propped up by talent, um, which they have sort of just stumbled themselves into. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think there's something like that. You know, just think of like, I, I maybe even the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have not had any success. You know, but it's like. I guess it's more meddling owners that are willing to spend. Yeah. So it's almost the opposite, but it's still like when you just don't know how to take your hands off the wheel and let someone smarter and more mature make decisions, 
this is you know that's where you end up yeah um love the the outpouring though uh it was very hilarious content also wanted to get your take on the other fight that happened um tim anderson getting dropped yeah jesus christ um <laughs> my man went through it as well um listen I, you know someone close to him had to just take the twitter away um i did like that there was a tweet from like 2012 where he's talking about going to bed like good night and uh he had to delete that tweet because uh man that is tough man i that you know that's a tough moment and i love too that he so like the, everyone clears right and which i hate i hate that in baseball everyone just yeah. like, everyone's jogging out it's so lame um Tim Anderson gets like removed from the field by his like teammates and he comes out and he does like the thing where you like yell but he's like a hundred feet away from everyone else and he's doing that thing where you like yell and you're like hold me back hold me you know you're kind of you're not actually saying it but you're only doing that because you know that someone is holding you back right. so you still look like you're being physically aggressive or whatever but you know there's no consequences but he was still doing that from like so far he was doing that from the dugout and everyone was in like was that like second base you know it was just unbelievable that was a tough tough moment for Tim Anderson I think my favorite was somebody edited in the Sonic Rings <laughs> getting knocked out of Tim Anderson it's definitely a fatality game over GTA oh, type of so uh, good and then of all people, Elvis Andrews involved in two of the more iconic baseball brawls of recent memory. He was on the Texas Rangers when Rugnet Odor clocked Jose Bautista, and then he's on the White Sox right behind Tim Anderson as he's getting slept by Jose Ramirez uh, on a no-look of all things. He's, um, he's player violence Nick Castellanos. <laughs> Someone like, said is, Elvis Andrews needs to find new friends. Yeah, he's the Mothman. <laughs> oh, man. It was just so funny. Like, I couldn't stop watching videos of that. And then somebody posted three screenshots of, like, the initial drop the gloves, getting punched, falling over. And then a couple years ago, the White Sox played in the Field of Dreams game. So then it was Tim Anderson walking out of the Field of Dreams. Brother, that was – I got to tell you, you just get you get two-piece like that. That's – that's tough to night, come back night. from. That's tough to come back from if you're a boxer. You yeah. know, like, they're like MMA fighters that have been put to sleep. And that's, like, just a realistic part of that job. Mm -hmm. It's like, you could just get knocked out. The, you know, and like, that's just it. You know, that's just part of it. And they get, like, just forever. That's, like, their legacy. And it's like, man, it's even worse. That's tough. Even worse. Um, <clears throat> let's shift gears from baseball to a little bit of... Eagle Stock, it's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game from sunglasses to blue light glasses, and of course, prescription lenses now. Uh, you can check it all out in the new Tomahawk Shades app that you can download in the App Store or Google Play, and just for downloading the app, you can claim a free pair of sunglasses inside the app. Uh, they also have their warehouse sale going on right now, and you can get up to 80% off sunglasses and blue light glasses right now from TomahawkShades.com that are already a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies. And anytime, you can use our promo code USP at checkout in the app or at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your order uh, from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. It's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. Uh, Jalen Hurts, named by the players as the number three overall player in the NFL. Finally, nice to see some respect put on QB1's name. Yeah, I think it's nice too because it comes from the players. So I think there's that recognition. Um, ultimately, all these lists are, you know, there's there's bias, and I, I don't know that they're perfect lists either, but um, it is nice that uh, players at least recognize his, his ability. So that's, that's a good thing. 
Eagles had um, quite the collection of players in the top 100 uh, this year from Jalen Hurts obviously being number three. I want to pull up the entire list here um, to make sure I don't forget anybody. Uh, I know Lane Johnson was on the list, Jason Kelsey, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, uh, Darius Slay also on the list this year. Um, so nice to see the Eagles, you know, across the NFL, even though the San Francisco 49ers wanted to slander them for the most part uh, all off season after the Eagles absolutely kicked the shit out of them in the NFC Championship game. It's nice to see that the players as a whole collective uh, – respect what the Eagles have done and Hassan Reddick also on the list at number 48 um but you know it like you said it is one of those things that are very like semantics based and um it's just a, a fun piece of off-season content to discuss now the other part of uh the Eagles here is we we mentioned fans and everything not many NFL fan bases are having 50,000 plus show up to a practice yeah um <laughs> Definitely a lot of excitement for the Eagles this year, and uh, that's been fun to see. I mean, we're only we're a month away from the season, so we're we're three days away from the first preseason game. Yeah, which is crazy. Cue um, the uh, cue the Taylor Swift August song. <laughs> August really did sip away like a bottle of wine. Um, it is crazy that preseason's already here, and uh. You know, we're we're right around the corner from that first game up at Gillette, and you want to talk about Taylor Swift? Nick Foles confirmed Swifty. I still need Nick Foles to show up to Gillette for opening day for Tom Brady Day. That'd be hilarious. Have them do the handshake, make it like that would be just next level, big brain move by the Eagles to just bring Nick Foles to Gillette with you for opening day. You know, Patriots going to be unveiling that new gigantic. Uh, jumbotron that they have and uh you know having tom brady celebration day now that he's retired just drop nick Foles in you know the stone stone cold music plays as nick Foles walks out of the visitor's tunnel i, I think it's the perfect storm uh to happen there but fifty thousand plus showing up to an open practice uh is pretty pretty impressive so if you went shout out to you um Let's wrap it up with the Union Matt. It's brought to you by our pals over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. You can go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh areas. You can also get it at your local Philadelphia area liquor store. You must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Union, back-to-back wins in the penalty shootout. And it was very bueno last night uh, against the New York Red Bulls. And everybody is starting to fantasize about a potential visit from one Lionel Messi to Chester, Pennsylvania, if yeah. things break right. Yeah. Um, they played Queretero um, in the, the next stage, who they played in the, the round-robin group stage, and they won that game. Uh, they get past Red Bull. I'm going to find this Jim Curtin quote because I love it. Um, because you know there's some chirping and uh you know listen the union are not by any means the the nice boys of the mls um you know they uh they they, they definitely get a little aggressive fouling is definitely part of the union game but uh you know jim Curtin uh 
had this to say about uh, Red Bull um, after the game. I think Troy is a great young coach. Talk about the Red Bulls coach. Uh, I think he's doing an incredible job with this team. I really do. He deserves to be the head coach of that team. But I will say this has nothing to do with Troy. For a team to be in 21st place and talk and run their mouths as much as they do on the field, to be beat here 11 times in a row by us is something that, yeah, I'm giving them bulletin board material, but I've had enough of it. Credit to my guys for sticking together and pushing and winning again. But, yeah, for all the stuff they have to deal with on the field, off the ball, nonsense, people coming off the bench talking, bench players that come into the game and talk and run their mouths, it's just strange and something I'm going to address and speak my mind because of, I'm proud of my group and the way they have done their talking on the field and now I have 11 in a row, almost five years against Red Bull. <laughs> um, and this was from Joe Tanzi. And then I said uh, Jim Curtin reached out to him this morning and wanted to clarify that the union – are 8-0-3 in their last 11 games, home and away versus Red Bulls. And he was quoted, it actually makes it worse for them because they can't beat us in their building either. <laughs> that's my fucking coach right just there. Just legendary. Just oh, absolutely that's fucking awesome. dropping it. Um, so love that. That's an all-timer. Uh, that needs to be turned into a mural at <laughs> Subaru Park somewhere. That is, that that's is, uh, awesome. Definitely one of my favorite quotes. Oh, I've, heard a, I've heard a rumor that if uh, apparently like if – Miami do end up making a throw when they get drawn with the Union that it might end up being played at the link, not at a... But that's like a rumor. I don't even know if that's true. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, there's only uh, only two Mexican uh, uh, teams left. The rest are all MLS teams. There's uh, there's five MLS teams remaining. So It's pretty impressive. Or, for am I doing math correctly? There are... Yeah, there are... There, no, Jesus. Matt. Six MLS. There are six MLS. I was like, seven is not correct. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you, the brain cells have not returned um, at, at any point. So, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, and again, you know, it's, it's a good matchup because you know you, you can beat this team. And you know, the Union have not done it spectacularly so far. Um, really, they've never been an amazing playoff team. You mm-hmm. know, all of their playoff games the last few years have been kind of, uh, you know, tight affairs and last minute winners or even going to penalties. Um, hilariously i think the time that they played the best and most open and scored the most was in the mls cup final which ended up losing on penalties you know but like they that was the only time really it felt like they really opened it up um but yeah so it's it's not been uh it's not been pretty but you know when you find yourselves on the kind of the business end of these cup uh, competitions just advancing it's the same as march madness you survive mm-hmm. in advance and 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 move on yeah the quarterfinal union advance and then uh we got two mls team uh matchups inter miami versus charlotte uh and nashville versus minnesota and then i think we are all in agreement. let's go monterey yeah get lafc the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah uh monterey are, are a pretty good mexican team a few years ago they were even at the uh the club world cup um you're definitely one of the more established teams that i think they're they're a big threat uh you know if they make it through to, to maybe win the whole thing but you know inter miami are no joke you know messi with that team, uh, it's it's going to be tough for them in the regular season. But in a cup competition like this, when uh, a lot of times it can just come down to who has the best player on on the team, hey, you know he's going to be the best player. <laughs> you know <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely going to be uh, the the path it takes. So I do have to say, has Lionel Messi ever had to shoot on a brick wall named Blake before? Though <laughs> um, I don't think Argentina ever played Jamaica, so, so I I think uh, I think not. sources are saying. Brickwall Blake's got a clean slate. <laughs> the goat. Has he ever had to do it uh, while <laughs> while getting screamed at by a bunch of Philadelphians? I don't know. I don't know. And that, that might be a different thing for him. That's going to be a litmus test for for Messi uh, under pressure. Yes. Yeah. You know, potentially 
tens of thousands <laughs> of Philadelphians if it is at the link, which just hordes. The semifinals is on a Tuesday, so yeah. that is possible for uh, the link to be available because preseason not going on at the link there. And then uh, once the semifinals are over, the third place and final are on Saturday, August 19th for the League's Cup. And then right back at it would be the Union. Uh, on August 20th, they take on Dallas uh, to get back in the MLS swing of things. Um, but very exciting. Hopefully the Union you know, can keep pushing along, keep advancing, and uh, doing it in front of the, the Philadelphia faithful as they have been uh, in just nerve-wracking fashion the past couple of games. That's all we got for you guys on this episode. Make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, which Matt, we are we somehow figured out old Mark Zuckerberg's algorithm on Facebook, the fan on the field incident in Miami. We posted that on our Instagram. Uh, to which Instagram allows you to just directly post it as a reel on your Facebook page. We're closing in on a million views on Facebook. <laughs> well, it's good. I can't wait for him to fight uh, Elon Musk. That's definitely happening, right? Allegedly. I've been, I've been looking at uh, Twitter or X, whatever it is. No one's no one's getting an MRI on their like back or shoulder or anything, right? Zuck said he's just waiting for, for Elon to, uh, to respond. Elon's saying that they're going to live stream it on Twitter. And proceeds are going to go to charity. And sure they are. Sure. I'm sure they are. The Musk Emerald Mind charity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you want to talk about just two doofuses that I want to see box or fight? I just want to see the pure hilarity from that. I don't think I can legally say um, <laughs> what I want to happen in this fight, but... Um... Well, I, I hope they have a, both have a terrible time. I <laughs> love the the concept of doing it at the Coliseum, and you got to follow by Coliseum rules. Yeah, there's one person there's that gets one. to decide if uh, they live or die. I agree. That's just just the rules. You got to live and die by the rules. Um, follow us on the socials there, and then of course uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We are there. Leave a five star rating and review. Goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and continues to grow uh, this awesome fan base that we have. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get full video episodes of every podcast on our network. You get live streams, clips, original content, just all the good original videos going on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch from PHI Apparel Company. Go to phiapparel.co. Use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all merch orders. Gear up for the Eagle season. Get your Philly dog shirt. Rep that down at the link, down at the tailgates. Uh, we want to see you guys rock, rocking your merch. Tag us, tweet at us. We'll repost it everywhere. So go get your merch at phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your merch orders. And, of course, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. 
Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. This has been episode number 558 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, the one where Nick Castellanos hit career home run number 200. Uh, For Matt, I'm KB. We're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace.